Our scripture reading for this morning is taken from St. Paul's letter to the congregation in Ephesus, the fourth chapter, beginning with verse 25. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Be seated. His mother had just dropped him off at the store where I worked. He was probably 14, maybe 15 years old. And apparently, I found out later, had sent him into the store with about $10. He was hoping to buy a particular fishing lure. And um, within five minutes, he was caught shoplifting. And because I was one of the few male workers up near the front of the store, the security guard asked me to come and sit in on his little interview they were going to have to do now. And they called his mother, who had just driven out of our parking lot about five minutes earlier. She had to now come back from work and find out what was going on with her son. And so this was a very strange and awkward interview. I'm sitting there with the security guard and this boy and, and then his mom who came in. And at first she didn't want to believe her son had stolen anything, but it was very obvious that he had. And he finally admitted to it. it. Took him a while. But she finally sat there upset with him and said, I just gave you $10 to come in and buy this fishing lure. Why did you steal it? Why did you feel you had to come in and steal it? She wanted, to, she wanted to understand the motive in his heart. And, and that's often what courts do, too. The action of what happened is, is often important, but why did it happen? What, is, what was going on in this young man's mind and heart when he had the money that made him want to steal it? And she wanted an answer to that more than anything else. And it turned out that he said he wanted to use the money to buy other stuff and thought he could just steal the the lure. It's interesting how motive is really where sin is, isn't it? it, it it's something down inside of us that, that grows inside of our minds and in our hearts. Any sin that we have, Jesus says, comes from the fountain inside of us that's an evil heart, and things proceed out of that. Now in the text in front of us, St. Paul is preaching and writing to fellow Christians, part of the body of Christ, those who love Jesus Christ as their Savior and care about him, just like you're doing now, want to sit and listen to his word. They were attentive to the word of God. You can tell by the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus that they had a, a good handle on doctrine and understanding the Christian faith. And yet even here now, Paul has to remind them of being careful of letting sin get a hold of us. Shows us something about Christians throughout all time. One of my seminary professors used to say, don't, don't ever paint a portrait of a Christian in such a way that sinful Christians can't realize that, that they're 
that they can still be Christians and struggle with sin, in other words. So St. Paul uses some interesting words to describe this, and he, he talks about a variety of different sins. But he says, do not give place to the devil. Do not give place to the devil. The Greek word there for place is the word from which we get the, the, the word topography. It has to do with a piece of land. It has to do with territory. And what he's saying is, don't give the devil in your heart and in your mind, don't give the devil a place where he can set up shop, where he can start to rule and, and have an empire built inside of your mind and inside of your heart. A lot of different translations have come up with different ways to try to convey this thought. The NIV uses a foothold. That means a place that he can take and be established. Another translation calls it an opportunity, a, a place where he can uh, be opportunistic toward you and controlling things in your mind and heart. So Paul lifts off, lists off a number of, of sins, a variety of them. Anger. Now he says there's righteous anger. There's a, there's a place for us to get angry with something that's happened either to us or to someone else. There's a place for righteous anger, but it can also easily start to grow into spite inside of us and hatred toward an individual. Another one he mentions is the inability to forgive someone. How, how hard it is sometimes when someone's really wronged you. And man, especially when it's something really deep and really awful. Some of the things that students have come and confessed to me that have happened to them, even sometimes sad to say from family members, how hard that must be to forgive and to let go of that. Another thing he mentions here is theft. Theft. He talks about corrupt words that want to build up inside of us. In the book of James, he talks about how the tongue can be like a tongue of fire and can set a whole forest on fire just because of the anger that can build up inside of us and come out at other people and things. So all of these sins, and there are many others too, of course, all of these sins that, that a lot of times don't seem very dangerous to us because they're just words, maybe just some thoughts and things. But what Paul is saying here is when you start to let these build up in your mind and in your heart without checking them, without dealing with them on a spiritual level, they can start to control our hearts and they can start to cause trouble spiritually for us inside of our hearts. Over in um, Africa, Years ago, I remember hearing about a tribe that, that likes to try to catch monkeys and then actually eats them, eats them. And in order to catch these monkeys, what they would do is they would, they would take a gourd and they would bury the gourd about six inches deep in the ground and, and make clay up around it and create a hole above the gourd just big enough for the monkey's hand to go in and its wrist to go in. But once it would grab the gourd, it couldn't pull it back out. And apparently the monkeys would hang on to this gourd and just ultimately stay there until they got trapped or caught. It's kind of a picture of what can happen in my heart with my sin as well. Whatever the sin is, okay? The devil likes to create things in my life and tempt me with things in my life that I like to grab and that I want to possess and that I want to hold on to. And yet at that point I can be the most vulnerable to his attack to finally take me out spiritually. Listen to something that was written by a great theologian by the name of Walther. 
How foolish it is for people to think they can hope for God's grace while they continue to cling to open or secret sin. Such people make a devil out of God. Wow, that's quite a statement. Such people make a devil out of God, for it is the devil, not the holy God, who takes no notice of sin. So what Paul is getting at here is this. There is spiritual danger for you and me when we procrastinate about our repentance. There's spiritual danger for us. There's a corrosive nature to holding on to a sin inside of our hearts when we don't let it go and bring it before God and repent of our sins. And that's why St. Paul says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Every night as you go to bed, contemplate the day. Contemplate what's in your mind and heart. Contemplate the, 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 the sins that are maybe starting to grow and fester inside of us. And bring them before God. And ask his forgiveness. Just say, Lord, please help me with this. Forgive me for all of this sin that's building inside of me. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. There's a, a wonderful, beautiful cleansing that takes place through the process of repentance. When we then hear again of God's wonderful grace in Christ, the Savior who shed his blood to cover all of those sins, even the ones that nobody else knows about, even the ones that are hidden deep down in our hearts and minds, even the ones that, that just maybe don't come out quite as boldly as we see in other people's lives, but they're still there inside of us. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Hear that, all sin. Every, every bit of that that's inside of you that's flowing out of that fountain. What a wonderful Savior we have to, to forgive us, even of the things that we hide from everybody else, to be so cleansed by his grace and now as his sanctified children who are holy before God by faith, as God's sanctified children, how can we use our day and our life in a way that's profitable for other people? Notice that Paul directs us, he says, to, to go back and somebody who's having a problem stealing, teach them how to labor and work with their hands doing what is good. How can I use now my sanctified mind and body and my reason and everything in a way that can benefit other people and, and show them that I belong to a holy God who has cleansed me of my sin and called me to heaven. Amen.